You're listening to Angle Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Angle Radio Show. My name is Yannick Renouillard, and I'll be your host for today. Marijn Butter will be my co-host today. Hi, Marijn. How are you? Hi, Yannick. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thank you very much. Uh, today, our topic uh, is Amsterdam, or capital city. And uh, I heard that your uh, that is your hometown. Is that true? Yes, that's true. I was born and raised here, mostly in the east of Amsterdam. I think something a lot of people think about Amsterdam people is uh, that they're very arrogant. And this is something a lot of people think. You were raised in, uh, not in Amsterdam. How do you experience Amsterdam and its people? Yeah, I come from the south of the Netherlands. And um, uh, well, I live here for almost three years now. And it's quite interesting that you mentioned uh, arrogance because I don't, I don't ever mention uh, or notice any arrogance, but... Uh, oh, really? Maybe well, I'm the only one. That's good to hear, though. Maybe our guest, Frans uh, Anzion, can tell us something about this uh, prejudice. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and we will speak to you. Hi, Frans. Thank you very much for being here. We'll speak to you uh, after this song, because that fits our topic very well. It's Amsterdam by Imagine Dragons. <laughs>
that was a nice song um, and we are here with uh, our guest uh, because uh, today we are talking about all capital city Amsterdam and uh, we are here with Frans Ancion. He is uh, an historian and the editor-in-chief of the History magazine for more than 20 years. Um, thank you very much for being here. Um, let's um, talk about uh, the prejudice because we uh, talked about it before. The prejudice of uh, Amsterdam people being arrogant. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, <coughs> well, I'm not from Amsterdam. I'm raised in Gelderland, okay. which is uh, an older country than Holland, where Amsterdam uh, belongs to. But I think they are very directly, with no humbug at all. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of humor. Uh, but in, in Gelderland, people are more polite. It's, it's, uh, they are cautious mm -hmm. uh, to say rude things, etc. But in Amsterdam, they just... Uh, go for it, and but it's not the same as arrogance. Uh, there are a lot of very friendly people, a lot of uh, now uh, assholes. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all the variety. The city is big enough on uh, quite a diversity uh, mm -hmm. uh, to have. And in the perspective of the history, um, why is Amsterdam all capital city? Um, now that it's uh, because uh, that's only recently that they uh, that started only in uh, 1814. Uh, that therefore uh, there was no country, uh, so we had no capital. There were seven countries, and Holland had as a county since the Middle Ages, uh, the seat of the count of the Duke of Holland, mm -hmm. and Amsterdam was just one city. And then Amsterdam started to raise, became a metropole. And then uh, there was the French Revolution and uh, the seven uh, Netherlands. Your passport, that this you have a passport of the Netherlands, mm -hmm. the seven Netherlands uh, united. And then they uh, were looking for a capital. And uh, the French uh, king, uh, we had uh, a long war, the 80 years war, to kick out the Spanish king. And now we had a French king. And he occupied the city hall of Amsterdam, that, that's uh, arrogant, mm -hmm. uh, to make it to a palace, but it was not uh, a capital. In 1810, when Napoleon, the brother of Lodewijk Napoleon, sent his brother away and say, well, you can uh, go with uh, retirement because uh, you are not uh, uh, edgy enough, I take mm -hmm. it over. Okay. Amsterdam became part of the empire and then Amsterdam became the third capital of the Empire van Napoleon Bonaparte, first Paris, second Rome, second capital, the third capital, Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Then Napoleon lost and went away. And then, then the, the, the seven Netherlands were united and they needed the capital. And Amsterdam was the biggest, the most important, not the seat of the government that stayed the, the Hague and still is, but uh, uh, Amsterdam... Uh, became the capital in 1814 because that now we had the one country, united country, and we needed the capital, and that became Amsterdam. That was kind of natural. Okay, and that's so interesting. And um, talking about it uh, now, um, what is the Amsterdam culture? How would you describe the Amsterdam culture? Um, now, yeah, then you can, if you see the, the statue of uh, Spinoza, there's an uh, 20 surface uh, nee, uh, 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 stone with 20 uh, facets. You get, so you have a lot of facets for Amsterdam. 
you can call the Amsterdam humor, which is very Alterham, and mm. you can uh, say it's a, a city of arts, and then uh, then you can uh, call the uh, as an example the golden age, of course, but also uh, in the 18th century, 19th century, and nowadays Amsterdam is still a city of arts and arts uh, schools and academies, etc. Uh, there is the Concertgebouw uh, Orchestra, and all these things together makes Amsterdam a, a city for arts. Uh, then Amsterdam used to be, but is now at, at Mecca from the social housing project, mm -hmm. and uh, you can see it in the uh, in the 20th century uh, uh, expansion of the city. Yeah, relatively beautiful houses, very uh, modern. Uh, and uh, moderate prices, thanks to uh, Wiebaud. Uh, yeah. He was the most famous uh, now governor in the 20th century of Amsterdam, I think. Uh, but it's now very uh, um, now in danger, I would say that. Then uh, you can say uh, it is international. Uh, Amsterdam was not always, because it started in 1275 as a, now let's say, a, f a fish shop and some houses down the river Amstel and then they got uh, uh, the dam in 1275, but this was that was nothing at all. But uh, soon Amsterdam, the late medieval, became a very international city. And in 1650, there were more foreigners in uh, living in the city than real Amsterdam Woods people. Okay, that's so interesting. Thank you very much for this story. Um, and we'll be uh, back with you for uh, other questions. Um, but for now, we will go uh, to the Vox Pop. Uh, about um, people of Amsterdam, what they think uh, of Amsterdam. Uh, well, Amsterdam is uh, very important to me because uh, I love the city and I come here very often because I study in Amsterdam, so um, I come here every day, almost. And uh, my favorite football club is here, Ajax. I think the most special part is the people because you can find so many different cultures and so many different people which makes it and it's very open-minded, most mostly. And um, I grew up in the Vondelpark, near the Vondelpark, not inside, near the Vondelpark. <laughs> but now it became really touristy, which I think is stupid. That the city, especially the center, has become like overfull with tourists. Dutch is known for being open, open-minded, open to everyone, and I feel like Amsterdam is a great example of that. For me, it's uh, hanging out with friends, uh, have a drink together in the sun. Internationals, people, all different races, colors, different countries. Yeah, old, very old buildings. So, yeah. You can do a lot of things in Amsterdam. Yeah, it's, and it's a very nice city. Yeah, and there are many nice people and it looks nice. And you can be different here. Yeah. It's okay to be different. Yeah, you can exactly. walk here with purple hair, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy all the people and uh, the crazy things happening around me. And uh, there's always something to do. I came here as a student in 68. And then we called it uh, uh, the magic center. And it still is. People are uh, inspired here to go beyond their it's nice to hear what people think about this subject. Yes, you're right. And Franz is still uh, with us here uh, talking about Amsterdam. Yes, that's true. 
Uh, Frans, what makes Amsterdam special compared to the other Dutch cities? Um, well, first of all, um, there were in Holland, there were many cities. And Amsterdam was just one of them uh, until Amsterdam started to grow very rapidly in the 14th and 15th century and took the lead. And uh, it was far ahead. That came to the, um, to the modern negotiation. And that meant they went shipping to the Baltic Sea and they had to uh, import uh, uh, food, and especially wheat and wood and uh, stuff like that. And that made, made Amsterdam, uh, in the end, the uh, uh, sta staple market of Europe, maybe also from the world. It's not to say that all Chinese trade went via um, Amsterdam, but uh, it was really big and Amsterdam explored different types of uh, building ships of uh, 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 they invented uh, not the bank but the Amsterdam Whistle Bank was strong enough to survive crises much much stronger than IAG these days because it's very and then when the in the at the Rampia the catastrophe year Amsterdam could pay out all the money that was all the full time whistle and uh, so, um, and, uh, the, the organization of commerce and the exploring of the world made Amsterdam very wealthy. And uh, yeah, uh, in France, and especially in London, they tried to imitate that, and they, uh, they, they, uh, they had success in that. So they uh, became uh, uh, as rich as even richer, but they did the same trick. They plundered Holland, the English, but in a, uh, in, in a more massive uh, volume, so they mm -hmm. took over. London took over Amsterdam as the position of Amsterdam. Amsterdam is still very important in the world, uh, yeah. and also in Europe. And talking about issues, uh, are there issues at this moment surrounding Amsterdam that remind you of issues in the past, like problems with tourism, uh, safety, and the red light district, for example? Yeah, tourism, I don't know, but let's, let's start with migrants. Labor migrants and migrants that that is that is Amsterdam, when it was flooded in the 17th century and in the uh, the religious war, the 80 uh, years war, then there come a lot of people from the southern uh, Netherlands and they brought their wealth and their capital and their uh, their networks uh, with them to uh, Amsterdam and a lot of people uh, from from Vlaanderen, from uh, France, Huguenot, mm -hmm. from all places who are here and just in 1650 there were more immigrants than uh, people who were born and raised in Amsterdam yeah so uh, that made it very special mm -hmm. well thank you very much for this interesting talk um, you please uh, sit here please stay here for the quiz uh, from Tim uh, about Amsterdam I'm very curious of uh, if how you uh, play this game uh, and now we will go uh, to the news by Esme. If you have. Yeah. Hi, yes, <laughs> hi, we can hear you right now. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to start off the news with uh, some news about tourist taxes. The internet platform Airbnb wants the municipality to increase tourist taxes in the center of Amsterdam. This will increase, should be for all types of overnight stays, also hotels and regular bed and breakfast locations. Airbnb says this will lower the pressure on the city center, which meets 
the wishes of Amsterdam to better spread tourism over the city, and it will also help the municipality to get more profit out of tourism. Then we will talk about alcohol on the canals. The municipality of Amsterdam is considering to prohibit the use of alcohol on the water to reduce noise disturbance. Last Thursday, the council agreed to research the legal possibilities of this proposal. So it's not clear yet to which locations the prohibition will apply. Then the Cube of Truth. You might have noticed it. Last weekend, animal rights organization Anonymous for the Voiceless demonstrated on Dam Square against the exploitation of animals. All participants formed a so-called Cube of Truth where they stand in a square as a peaceful form of protest. The Cube of Truth lasted 24 hours. Did any, any one of you notice it on Dam Square? Well, I didn't notice, but I saw some uh, uh, pictures and uh, I think it's very yeah. interesting, but I, I wasn't there. It was massive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the final news, I think everyone knows about this. Last Wednesday evening in the second second in the last second of the match, Ajax lost from Tottenham Hotspur with 2-3. to three. Oh. <laughs> The night began full of hope when Ajax had a 2-0 head start during the semi-final game. But sadly, after the break, the Spurs scored two points and they made their final point in the last second of the match, which was really, really sad. Yeah. I think the whole city of Amsterdam was mourning. No. <laughs> no. So um, we're now going to listen to a little soundbite, which was recorded just after the final whistle that the referee gave during the match. Yes, there we go. Champions League semi-final that most of us have ever seen. Even Harry's ankle's looking all right all of a sudden. History made in Amsterdam by Mauricio Pochettino and his players. It's the greatest night in Europe for 35 years since the days of Hoddle and Ardiles, and maybe the best of all time. It's what Champions League dreams are made of. It's a night these players and supporters will never forget. Tottenham Hotspur have come to the Netherlands and reached the promised land. Jermaine Genus, they've got it. Yeah. Very sad when we listen to it, but it's also very nice for the Hotspurs. And we won yes. last night, so... Absolutely, that's um, uh, that very nice. Thank you very much uh, for this news. You're um, welcome. I think a song is next, right, Marijn? Yes, that's right. Um, our next song is a song by Jacques Brel about Amsterdam. This song was also translated in English and Dutch, and I like this song very much. And let's have a listen. It's also recorded uh, by David Bowie. Uh, let's have a listen to this version. In the port of Amsterdam, there's a sailor who sings of the dreams that he brings from a wide open sea. And in the port of Amsterdam, there's a sailor who sleeps while the riverbank weeps to the old willow tree. And in the port of Amsterdam, there's a sailor who dies full of beer, full of cries in a drunken down fight. And in the port of Amsterdam, there's a sailor who is born. On a hot muggy morn by the dawn's early light. In the ports of Amsterdam, where the sailors all meet, 
There's a sailor who eats only fish heads and tails. He'll show you his teeth that have rotted too soon. That can haul up the sails, that can swallow the moon. And he yells to the cook with his arms open wide. Oh, bring me more fish, throw it down by my side. And he wants oh, to belch, but he's too full to try. So he stands up and laughs and he zips up his fly. In the port of Amsterdam, you can see sailors dance. Paunches blasting their pants, grinding women to paunch. They've forgotten the tune that their whiskey voice croaks. Splitting the night with the roar of their jokes And they turn and they dance and they laugh and they lust Till the rancid sound of the accordion bursts And then out of the night with the bride in their pants And the slut that they tow underneath the street lamps In the port of Amsterdam there's a sailor who drinks And he drinks and he drinks and he drinks once again Tim has prepared a nice quiz for Franz, right? Yes, I did, yes. <laughs> um, so, I have a couple of questions uh, that I prepared. Um, so, let's start off. Um, so, the first question we're going to start with. Okay, it's about bicycles here in Amsterdam. Um, how many bicycles do you think uh, end up in the canals each year? Is that A, 8,000 bicycles? Is that B, 17,000 or C, 25,000 bicycles? I'm sorry, no, it's actually 25,000 bicycles each year. Actually, it's 8,000 uh, that are um, uh, dragged out of the, dredged out of the, of the water. Um, let's continue with the second one. Um, which neighborhood in Amsterdam became the most expensive since 2015? Is that A, Amsterdam Noord, B, the Indische Buurt, or C, Omval over Amstel? Omval over Amstel. That's good, thank you very much. All right, let's uh, continue with a third question. The water in Amsterdam canals is so clean that artists Zul let their elephants drink from it. Is that true or false? True. Yes, it is. All right, let's uh, head on to the last question. In, uh, it's about the red light district of Amsterdam. When a room in the red light district turns blue or purple, it means A. The woman behind the glass is more than just a woman. B. The woman there is more expensive. Or C. This woman only offers sex to other lesbian or bisexual women if the room turns blue. What do you think? <laughs> 
first one, I think. The first one? Yeah, it's actually good. Um, only like, um, uh, like transgender or uh, yeah, uh, uh, like other uh, women uh, are behind the class. All right, so you have like the most of the questions good. Yes, I want to, uh, <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah, very well done. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. A great quiz. Uh, what did you think of it, Marijn? Well, I should say there were some difficult questions. That's true. To learn a little more about the city, our reporter Fleur made a podcast about the future of Amsterdam. Let's have a listen. Within six years, Amsterdam will exist 750 years. The past decennia, a lot has changed in Amsterdam, but there will change a lot more in the upcoming years. In today's podcast, we will discuss the growth of Amsterdam in tourism and Amsterdam as a digital city. In 2023, Amsterdam will reach the border of 1 million people and it will be official a metropolis. In 1958, there were 872,000 inhabitants in Amsterdam. The city is growing really fast. Amsterdam in the northern is growing the fastest. East grows on Eiburg, but shrinks in the Indian neighborhood and Eastern Park. Is Amsterdam in the beginning of the third golden age? There's a lot of pressure on Amsterdam, such as in the first and second golden age. The success of Amsterdam attracts many people. This led in the 17th century to a major expansion of the city through the construction of the canal belt. In the early 20th century, Amsterdam expanded with plans out, designed and architect Hendrik Berlage. The city only got better with these extensions. To get 2 million inhabitants, the city has to expand again. Even at the end of the 19th century, Amsterdam struggled with the question of who still had room in the city. Amsterdam threatened to lose rich residents who moved to Het Hooi. That is why Berlage designed the Apollo Laan. For the lower incomes, he made room in, for example, the Diamantbuurt. Tourism contributes to economic development and employment, especially for lower educated groups. However, tourism also has a reversed side, which is particularly noticeable in Amsterdam. So far, regulations regarding holiday rentals, establishments of tourist shops and tourist tax have been used to limit disturbance caused by tourism in Amsterdam. The number of tourists will be at least 50% growing from 80 million people in 2017 to 29 million people in 2030. If the growth of recent years continues exponentially, then in 2030 it can rise to as many as 42 million international guests. There is a fear under the Amsterdam inhabitants that Amsterdam will become the new Venice of the North. One way to prevent overtourism is that Airbnb houses may not be rented to tourists for more than 30 days per year. In some neighborhoods of Amsterdam, a complete ban of holiday rentals will be implemented. These changes aim to regulate for how long tourists stay in Amsterdam, in an attempt to avoid bottlenecks. Amsterdam is a gem full of useful data about the city which helps fuel innovation. Innovative data applications give us all kinds of new options such as to better services and the city street patrol. And for locals to participate in a society. These improvements are made possibly by sharing as much as possible through one single portal with anyone who wants to use this data. That single portal is called city data. As the city of Amsterdam, we gather a lot of data about the city. Data about public space, buildings, and plots of land, traffic, healthcare, the environment, livability, permits, subsidies, and many other data collection types. 
By opening data, there will be four main benefits. Transparency, releasing social and commercial value, participatory governance and efficiency. That was very interesting. Um, but I'm afraid we're almost done with our radio show. How did you like it, Marijn? I liked it very much. Even though I live in Amsterdam, I think I've learned a lot of new things about my city in these last 30 minutes. That's very good to hear. I hope everyone has learned something of today and I would like to thank you uh, for listening. And I want to f- uh, thank Frans for being here. You can listen to our radio show every Friday on our website, theinternationalangle.com. I hope you all have a nice day. And before we really end, we want to play one last song. Yes, that's right. We will now listen to our last song, Bloed, Zweet and Tranen by André Hazes.